Hey, Tay. Hey. How are you doing? Pretty good. Good, bud. Got a Guinness. I was wondering if you could sing me a song. I could try. Let's give it a shot. Okay. I'm pretty excited. All right. Once I was seven years old, my story got told, that's how it goes. Once I was seven years old, my mama told me, go make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was seven years old. It was a big, big world and we thought it was bigger. Pushing each other to the limits, we were learning quicker. By eleven, smoking herb and drinking burning liquor. Never rich, so we were out to make that steady bigger. Once I was eleven years old, my daddy told me, you make yourself some friends or you'll be lonely. Once I was eleven years old, my songs have been told. We travel around the world and we're still roaming. playing this song a lot, or singing it a lot in Montreal a couple weekends ago. <laughs> it's funny how people respond to you in Montreal when you sing. They look at you like, oh, I wonder what he's up to. He's probably on crack. No, in Toronto they think you're on crack. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tay. Aloha. Alright, so I'm sitting here with my good friend Taylor McGuire. Cheers, bud. Cheers. Me and Taylor are drinking Guinness because, well, we drank all the rest of it. We're down to Guinness, really. There's, there's Guinness, there's one more Guinness, and there's a Muskoka Detour. Ooh. You know, go halfers on those? Mm-hmm. We keep going halves. Yeah. All right, let's get right into it. Because um, this is how I do my interviews. My mom basically suggested that I work my interviews off of this. She's like, do the Proust questionnaire. And I said, what the fuck's a Proust questionnaire? And I looked it up online, and Marcel Proust was a French writer who believes that people must know and understand themselves before they could know and understand others. So basically, I have to answer these questions with you so I can understand myself and I can understand you. (laughs) He developed a list of subjective questions that he felt would help reveal to people their true selves and inner personalities of those around them. Let's hear it. You ready? You go first, right? You answer this first? Well, no, I'm going to ask you. You answer first, and I'll follow up, and I'll let you know what I think about it, too. Sounds good. Um, All right, let's... uh, Yeah, you can't move that. That's basically what's holding your mic up. Nice. This is all jerry-rigged at the moment. We're working on this. (laughs) You got a Paps Blue Ribbon case of beer holding this mic up. You mean a Paps Blue Ribbon mic stand? (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's not a lot here that I'm not really feeling at the moment. Uh, what do you value most in your friends? Ooh, uh, being genuine. Genuine. Yeah. Yeah, can't beat that. Yeah, no no balls up. That's why I got along well with you right away. You might have told me things I didn't want to hear, and I was like, I respect that. I'm usually good for that. <laughs> yeah. I'm usually good for fucking saying some mean shit that's really honest. Just something I love about people like that. <laughs> yeah, it helps. It helps. I'd say genuine to the point of 
of not giving a fuck what other people care mm. think you know what i mean invulnerable no highly vulnerable highly vulnerable highly vulnerable but but shamelessly so like yeah 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 like um i don't know yeah they just don't give a fuck makes me think of Matt McGinnis yeah they just don't care <laughs> they're just who they are and regardless of what you think they should be that doesn't change like how they want to live their life yep. and it's like those original people yeah yeah those yeah, yeah. people that are very true to their soul it's like yes i like you and then at the same time i hope their soul is cool <laughs> Because you can control your soul and your soul's just an asshole. Yeah. And then you avoid them. Mm-hmm. That's a maze. What's that? What is What was it? Where was the question? My God, that's you, been too many beers. You got to answer that one. I know I do. What is the trait you deplore hate most in yourself? I would say that... I um I I act cool. Oh. Yeah, I think I act cool, especially like I'm a I'm a very sensitive person and I think the term sensitive um has been thrown around a lot. Like sometimes when you say sensitive, it's just like a person crying in the corner. And that's not what I'm talking about. Sensitive like root word comes from senses. So if you're sensitive, it means you're very highly in tune with your senses. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm highly in tune with my senses. So when I get into a large group of people, there's a lot of sensory input. Right. A lot of sounds, lots of sights, lots of things going on. And uh, it overloads my system. So I get very anxious in social situations. Which people might not know because I'm such a outgoing dude. I tend to be um, in the middle of a party, but I'm like a fake right. extrovert. I'm actually an introvert who just puts on a show to be extroverted. So looping back here, I act. Um, yeah. So the, the, the thing I deplore most about myself is trying to pretend that I am the person I think people want me to be. That's interesting. Yeah. So, so like I hear that. I don't hear that as a, bad thing from my side i think like if you're if you want to engage with people and meet new people and like socialize like is there a way for you to do it without acting cool yeah 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 so basically like this is one of the things i discovered i discovered in my ayahuasca journey i come back to this a lot but um it just basically said like you put up this veil right. of yeah this veil of like cool almost and I wear it in social situations and it's it's a kind of like a shield between my soul and the person my true self and the person I'm interacting with I, I put this up so um like like my soul if you can just interact openly with people and honestly and like with your true self they, they react to it like very warmly and openly. But when, like I think people are, are very, sort of, to use the term a lot, sensitive to that. So like when they interact with me, they can kind of sense my soul. But then they see me 
acting a certain way and it doesn't mesh with the with with their sense of my soul because I'm acting cool or I'm acting all this and it kind of sets off a red flag in their subconscious like there's something off about this guy like he I can sense who he is and he's not really putting that out there so he's acting and there's something fucked up here so the way that you're asking you're like is there a way around it yeah you just interact openly with people with your true self and you don't pretend to be anything else and I think that that in the end is going to um, make way deeper connections with people. But yeah. the thing is, yeah. like I said earlier, you have to be vulnerable. And that's the scary part. And that's why we pretend not to be that because we don't want to be vulnerable, right? I think you're okay with being vulnerable. So am I. Around certain people. Right. But I get into these modes when I get into a, a big group and I can't, yeah, I yeah. can't, I can't make, uh, control the input yeah. that's coming in from around me. So then I have to like go into defense mode, like security system, act like alert, a fucking douchebag, right? That's interesting. Yeah. I've never seen it from you. You, eh, well, yeah, you're not looking close enough or I'm just a really good actor. There's probably a good chance of both of them. <laughs> Anyways. What do you consider your greatest achievement? I would say um, recovering from the grief I experienced when I found out I was bipolar and learning to live better, live a more balanced life with that kind of cross to carry and coming to terms with the fact that, hell man, this is not a curse. This is a, this is a blessing. How vulnerable are you willing to get right now? 10 out of 10. Like 10 out of 10. Yeah. Can you tell me about the first bipolar incident you had at Laurier? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it was, it was 2009. We just wrapped up this uh, big business competition. We went out west. We won. It was a lot of work for me to prep. I was burning the candle, like, both ends and the middle. Um, not really sleeping. And, uh, yeah, I, I came to a point where I just was, like, going off the tracks. And I think I was, I was a full-blown – I was in my brother's hockey pants – uh, wearing like a like a construction vest that was orange, a hockey helmet. Pretty I, normal. I pulled the pulled the fire alarm in the AC at Laurier, which like, is what's the AC? It's the like the gym building. I don't know what the fuck I was doing in there, but I thought I was supposed to be there. I pulled the fire alarm. So Why'd you pull the fire alarm? I I thought it was part of like some big game, and that was like part of it. It's hard to, it was a delusion, right? Because I hadn't been sleeping. For so it's fully delusional. You think everything you're doing is making perfect sense. Absolutely. Like, there's a reason I'm wearing these hockey heads in the cell. Everything's logical in my mind. So it's completely delusional. And then they, uh, they brought me back. The, the, the campus police dropped me off at home. And uh, I ended up just like, my friends were kind of creeped out. My mom had said, like, Taylor's acting weird. Be careful about, uh, <laughs> just like if things get crazy, call the cops, basically. So things got crazy. <laughs> I ended up like putting a can of tuna in a pan on the stove. Was it like, open? It was, no, it was like fully in the can. Turning on the oven, thinking like, I'll be back for that. <laughs> on the oven or on the stove? <laughs> on the stove. Like, so you turn on, on the, the stove. Turn you on the stove cooking top. a closed can of tuna <laughs> yeah. in a pan. Yeah. So I went down. Did you put oil in the pan? Nope, just the tuna. <laughs> just I was like, I'll be back for that. And then I went downstairs to have a shower, which wasn't normally where I showered, but for some reason I did go down there. And I was having a shower. I was super delusional. And then the fire alarm went off, 
right? Because this thing was smoking upstairs, and I was like, oh, my God, my roommates are in trouble. So I went around the house and kicked in every single door. Seven guys lived in my house, kicked in every single door. Like, guys, get out of here. Like you one broke of my roommates, all the door jams? Every single one. Like, when my roommate was standing beside me, this guy named Barry, looking at me, and I was like, man, I got to save Barry. And I kicked in his door. <laughs> you were talking yeah. to yeah. him, and yeah. then you were going to go save him? Yeah. So, uh, so I saved him. fucking crazy. <laughs> yeah. So they, they ended up, they called the cops. They threw me in the back of a cruiser. And I remember like my old, old friend, Virginia Walker, they called her and she was like walking up, looking at me like kooky head, like guy in the back of the cruiser. And here I am like, I wonder why I'm getting arrested. <laughs> like I'm so delusional. So they, Man. they took me, uh, took me like, started put me in the hospital, drug me up and tried to find out what was wrong. And then, yeah, I ended up spending like a week in Grand River and then. A week in Penetang because it was closer to home, and then I just kind of recovered, and I came out this like very confused shell of a man that was like, who, almost like a slug. Like, what just happened? And who? Do I, you remember it? Yeah, I remember everything pretty vividly. And what was the? Did they give you lithium? Yeah, they gave. Well, they gave me just about everything in the hospital. They couldn't get me to sleep. Like they gave me lithium, risperidone, like antipsychotics. They gave me everything. And it was like three, four nights. I couldn't, I just would not sleep. And I was to the point where I hadn't slept. I was starting to like hear noises and like my mind was just firing on all cylinders. I was, I was out of it. And then, uh, yeah, it came to a point where they just like, the guy was so frustrated and I was so frustrated. He got me like a glass of warm milk and then yeah, that's what put me to sleep. I had a glass of warm milk. <laughs> it was like the, the icing on the cake. So they tried all the drugs, but it was like mama's old trick. That is insane. Yeah, that was it. Was it was a wild ride, and I was twenty years old, man. I was on top of the world, and uh, I was very much a leader in the school, and I had lots of good friends, like one of which was Matt, uh, who I met you through. But like all in all, coming out of that was like very public. Everyone knew about it. I was very well known, and I was the crazy guy. So I took a year off school, and then I had to go back to that. And everyone was like, some people empathetic, but to the point where I'm like. Leave me alone. Yeah, it's like pity almost. Yeah, 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 yeah. Felt like pity. But the thing is, like, knowing you, like, the way I know you, like, you haven't had an episode in the time we've 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 known each other. It's like you're a very level-headed guy. Like, and I feel like if people spend any time with you, they'd be like, oh, it was an imbalance. Oh, yeah, it was. You know what I mean? Like, and, and to me, it's so crazy. Like, when you were telling that story, like, the thing that was running through my head is, like, it's insane how that neurochemical imbalance can like bend reality. Oh yeah, it's yeah. The mind's powerful. It's insane because like you hear all these people like, oh, I had a miracle happen, or like the Bible, all these miracle happen and all this shit. That could so easily be just like a neurochemical imbalance, and you thought it was full blown reality, and we're taking these people word for it. That's like, oh yeah, that happened, like. God killed Job's family. Like, yeah. and, and he spoke to, I don't know if he spoke to him. I haven't read the Bible lately, but still it's like your brain can bend reality and trick you to that. It is completely real. Yeah. What trick do you deplore most in others? Is that what it is? What the fuck were we talking about? Moving on. What quality do you... Oh, this is for the ladies. Oh, shit. For the ladies. Ladies. Get ready. What quality do you most admire in a woman? 
question. I would say the quality I most admire in a woman is probably similar to the quality I admire most in a man. So less romantic. Big tits. But like, it's big tits. <laughs> <laughs> man, woman, big tits. It's got me. <laughs> no, it's big ass. <laughs> yeah, it's, and then you look at all Taylor's friends, all the dudes, they all have huge asses. <laughs> It's a great trait, man. I just can't keep myself away. <laughs> Sign of strength. Uh, I I would say, man, it's probably it's probably someone with a a woman with a story, like a something something she learned in her life that is is inspiring to me and can teach me something about myself. Yeah, I can see that. Like, it's all good to have a person that's had like a sweet ride and there's a sweet yeah. person. But it's way cooler to have a person that went through fucking shit and screwed up and then turned it around. Because there's a little something that is added to character in the fucking hell zone. You know what I mean? Yeah, like a little spice. On the sticks. A little spice. Like a, sticks. I don't, I, don't, I don't want to be able to understand you quickly. Mm. You know? Mm. If, it's like, mm. if it's like something I got to work at to get my head around you, like that's super sexy. Yeah. Oh yeah, you like people that are a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> <So a little laughs> up. yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe we all do. I guarantee you do. Um, I mean, history would probably say that. <laughs> <laughs> but good luck finding a person that's not fucked. Exactly. You know, so it's like I can't can't judge by that. What are, what uh, what quality do I most admire in a woman? Um. She brings you beer. Probably yeah. brunette. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great. Question. Something about this the color of her hair gets me. I don't know, man. Like every time, it's like a short brunette. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? That's really honest. I like it. Yeah, it brunette. Beyond that, <laughs> once we've narrowed the category <laughs> down to there, that narrows the pool a little bit. Um. I might say, unfortunately, then beyond that, it's like a, a girl who's smiling a lot. Yeah, that's a good one. It's so appearance-based at the moment. But, like, those are my, like, the, like, my visual cues. Yeah. Like, brunette, smiling a lot, and then <clears throat> beyond that, I like probably I, I I can sense the love in a person. Like there's some people that just radiate love. Yes. And like everybody Ooh, just like gets better or everybody has a better time when they're around them. Like vibrance. It's just yeah, it's just that vibe. Yeah. And like that is the most attractive quality to me in a woman. Like a mm. a woman that just um just you can see them light people up like fucking candles when they walk around mm -hmm. and then they do the same to you because I think that's like the keyest part in a mate is they bring out the best side of you because there are people you hang out with that bring out your fucking worst qualities mm -hmm. and there are people who you hang out with that you just are always the, your best self when you're around them like Jeff Lane I don't know if you know Jeff Lane yeah yeah Jeff. I remember him with Jeff I am the fucking 
mainly the best version of myself. He, you're the best version of yourself around Jeff? Yeah. Why? Because he's sweet. You want to have a smoke? Yeah, let's do it. I was going to get a dart with beer. You're going to have a dart with beer, what? A beer. You're going to have another beer? We can pause this and have a smoke, too. Anyways, I'm going to finish this thought. Jeff, sweet. Done. Thought over. <laughs> I hope he listens to this. He's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm sure he will. <laughs> I don't know. It's you like, know what? Okay, but no, but I want to talk about Jeff because I think he's a super interesting guy. Yeah, go ahead. So why, why? So I remember I met him like years ago, like uh, honestly, probably two months before I ended up in the hospital. He came up to Collingwood. We went snowboarding. Yeah. And I thought he was the most charismatic guy. Yeah. He, just, he is. He's just interesting right away. You want to know why he's interesting? Take it back to fucking whatever that guy's name is. Seven traits of highly effective people or some stupid shit. One of those self-help boats says interesting people are interested. Yeah. Jeff is interested in everybody. And he doesn't care about himself. When he's in a conversation with you, he only wants to, to like. Get you. Think about you. And talk about you and. Be happy for your achievements. And he he's very selfless like that. Yeah, he is. And you get that vibe. And you know what? You think about the accumulation of his of your experience, a person like Jeff that lives that way. How much do they get to learn about the best and the worst of other people by being interested and interesting? He just like, in aggregate, has decades of all of these conversations that are mostly listening, which makes him very wise. Like You can see it in his eyes. You just near Jeff and you feel wiser. He's a, he's you a, feel happier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no question about that. I don't he's know if I feel too. wiser. I fucking bang my head <laughs> off the wall all the time with that kid, but <laughs> you know a little better than I do. Oh, fuck, bud. Sometimes he says he lives on island time because he's fucking Haitian. I call that bullshit. <laughs> like, that's just rude. It's not island time. It's just island fucking time, rude man. to other people. But beyond that, um <laughs> um, let us continue how are you tay feeling good yeah you feeling, feeling good love that song how would you like to die <clears throat> probably alone under a deck somewhere <laughs> <laughs> With the spiders <laughs> and the creep crawlers, <laughs> just crawl away. I never thought about it. How would I like to die? I don't know, probably, probably near someone I love. Give them some like good parting advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> under a deck. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna be under a deck. We're gonna be like, yo, come under here for a second. I gotta tell you something. Come here, come here. I'm gonna die. Listen, listen. Don't want to freak out, but I'm about to die. <laughs> <laughs> and the piece of advice you would give them is live while you're still alive. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Jerry. That's gold. <laughs> Go forth into that. Well, Tate, I think this has been a highly successful attempt at a podcast, man. Great job. High five. Team Tay Grant. Grant Tay. Grant Tay.
over now. Meg Roberts. <laughs> Rob McGuire. Rob McGuire. Rob McGuire. <laughs> All right, bud. Well, I appreciate that. And uh, if this gets released, I... Uh, I want to tell all you listeners that I love you and I miss you and I want to keep up our valuable relationships. So, and I'm a little drunk, so don't judge me. <laughs> all right, sweet. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Taylor got to play one, and now I'm going to play one. I want to smoke right now. Cigarettes are terrible. Um, this is one I wrote. Uh, a couple weeks ago, trying it out. I don't have it finished, but it's just what we're playing with. Right? Ready? It's too fast to change is there. She's my own. Oh, Holding every little thing in the world. Oh, it's all wrapped up tight, tight. So never. about the ending but the rest of it was pretty <laughs> I, I think the ending was the best part actually yeah a little bit ad hoc <laughs>